Hello and welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. In this podcast, I narrate my journey as an indie maker. And uh, for the ones that have no idea what I'm talking, indie stands for independent and maker, well, for maker. So we are a group of people, a community really, that want to bootstrap our projects. So this means we don't take any VC money and investments. It's just us, our time and our creativity. And I've been narrating my journey for the past two years. And it started really rough. Then it got better. Then it got worse. And then it got really, really good. Because now I'm making 11k MRR with my company. So it's two of us, actually. So it's not only me. I have a co-founder, but still a really good amount and uh, yeah i also share a lot of feelings and uh, i love to use this uh, podcast as well as my own free therapy you know as an indie maker i'm always trying to save some money so here we go today i want to talk about success people often say that successes or the success changes you you know, we often hear this, uh, this expression, hey, when you become a millionaire or when you get rich or famous, don't forget about your true friends, don't forget about your roots. But I always ask myself, why did people change with success? And how does this affect people? We have seen a lot of uh, people, especially celebrities, and I don't know, first name that comes to my mind is Elon Musk. I think he has changed a lot. He was always kind of crazy, but I think he's getting more and more extravagant. And there's kind of a love-hate relationship with him. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. In my perspective, at first, I really loved him. I respect him as an entrepreneur. I still do. But I always thought that, yeah, what he achieves is crazy. It's amazing. But now, more recently, when I, when I see what he he's doing with Twitter and what he has done before, well, I'm losing a little bit of the respect because it seems that he just wants that the means or the end justifies the means. And I don't really agree with that. But if we really think about it, he's crazy. I mean, I think he has millions of followers on Twitter and he can literally make money by just tweeting a word. When he tweeted Bitcoin, he made tons of money because people just, you know, bought Bitcoin. That's crazy. And that kind of influence that he has and the love that he has by millions of people, it, it might, it changes you completely. So let me give you my own perspective of how I feel Podsquiz success is changing and affecting my own personality and, and well-being and the way I see life. So first of all, I think this is really important, and I even tweeted about this. I haven't changed much in terms of knowledge, right? So before and for the year, one year and like five or six months that I was bootstrapping and making almost zero dollars. Well, not all zero, like, okay, let's respect that. I was making um, 500 bucks MRI. That was the top I made with my community. Well... I I had people's respect and, and, and people liked me and, and they appreciated what I was doing. But 
once I started making money and advertising the, the money we were making with Podsquiz and the success we were having, everything changed. Suddenly, I'm having like calls and, and interviews almost every week. Like I think this week I had like three interviews already. People want to hear my opinion on things. They want to set up meetings. Like it just everything changed, and people are suddenly much more interested. Like another great example is on Twitter. I'm growing like crazy. I'm now reaching three thousand three hundred and thirty-three followers. And if you are, a, by the way, if you are an old listener of this podcast, you know that I always do this little game on Twitter where, like, I ask someone to uh, screenshot once I get to all the numbers the same. Uh, when once I get to a number where all the individual numbers are the same, so 101, 111, 222, 333, and now obviously with with thousands of um, of uh, followers, it takes more time because it, I need to wait now a thousand users, so a thousand followers, so that I can reach to um, that amount. But now, yeah, we are reaching to 3,333 which is cool, and I will give a shout-out to the person uh, that uh, makes a screenshot. Let's see if they remember. But yeah, even on Twitter, I'm growing like crazy. I'm I'm having a lot of engagement, something that I've never saw before. And, and I also see that the engagement comes normally when I release something about a success on, on PodSqueeze. So if I reach a new number on MRR or something like this, normally it's the MRR I share, and I immediately get crazy, crazy, crazy amount of uh, engagement and likes and comments and everything. But yeah, I don't feel that I've learned anything completely life-changing in the past five months. I feel that the whole process, you know, the whole like two years of interviewing a lot of makers and trial and error and a lot of introspective, a lot of that made in this podcast, by the way, I think I learned a lot. It was kind of a, a master course on entrepreneurship. Of course, there's just the beginning course. There's just so much more to learn still. But yeah, it took some time. However, it seems that only now, when I can somehow validate my success, now people are interested and in, in somehow they validate uh, my learnings. But before, I, I was the same. So yeah, I don't think that particularly changed. Of course, that now the challenges are different and I'm learning other things now more towards uh, the tax system of Portugal was terrible, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But there's also something that changed in, in my in my perspective of life and, and my perspective of myself that I was not expecting. Success or having this success changed, like, changed me somehow. And I'll tell you how. So... I think I told you this before, but while growing up, I always envied people that knew what they wanted to do in life. There's people that said they wanted to be doctors or biologists or a chef or they always knew. And that's crazy. I always thought like, how how do you, how does like how is, is this possible that you know what you want to do with like eight years old or 10 years old or something like you are tailored for success because if you already know what you want to achieve in life and you are this young, then you have much more years to try to achieve it than other people. So I just, you know, followed whatever others were doing and, yeah, eventually went to engineering because everyone um, 
were going for engineering, especially especially boys. And I started to build websites. And I really loved it. I loved it because, not because I loved the technology necessarily, of course I do, but our my main driver was building products. And it was really cool. And I've been doing that ever since. I mean, since I know myself, and that's the funny thing, since I know myself, I've been trying to build stuff and I'm I'm having a lot of fun. I if I go back in my memories, I have a very early memory where uh, my friend I think we were like third grade or something and my friends and I were making bookmarks. You know, we're like drawing and making these book bookmarks and selling to our kids until like the teachers told us, hey like uh, you cannot sell this. You are you are seven. <laughs> you you cannot make money in, in a kindergarten or not kindergarten like school, preschool. It's not even preschool. I don't know how this is called, like third grade. So I, I actually, if I really think about it now, I always knew what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But that was not an accept- acceptable profession. You know, I mean, there were entrepreneurs, even in my life. My father has been an entrepreneur all of his life and he has his own business, but somehow... I don't know. It it was never announced as a profession, I guess. Well, businessman was a profession, like, but entrepreneur and and someone that follows uh, their dreams and and passions and tries to build stuff and then gives up and and, and builds another stuff and these creative people. I don't know. I was always pursued uh, or persuaded rather to follow a, a stable career. You know. So I never considered this as a dream. I always considered this as a fantasy. You know, yeah, I, I was just a boy dreaming to build stuff because it's fun, but that's not really a profession. So I always did this on the side for a long time. But it kept coming to me every time. Every time I was, if I was working for others in the companies I work for, I would find problems and try to build it myself, the solution. I, would, I was always trying to do this. So then that's why at uh, 28 years old, I decided, no, I need to pursue this. I need to to see what this is. Like, why do I want so badly to have my own company? And I, I did that. And initially, it's it's kind of, you know, trying to pursue something, trying to pursue a dream, really. It's just pursuing the clouds, something that seems impossible, something that people tell you, or told me all my life, that it's, it's not possible, that I should just get a job and work for others. So, yeah, for, for a long time I thought this just that this would be a dream. This would be a temporary thing, that it wouldn't be achievable. I would have eventually to, like, find a job, right? And and for a long time, that's what I thought. And, and to be honest, this only changes the moment you are able to pay the, your bills. That's why indie makers are so obsessed uh, with ramen with the ramen profitability, to be able to live from your project. Because only then it becomes a professional. Only then it becomes a reality. Only then you can show to others that you can sustain yourself or, yeah, and your family and kids and whatever with with your business. Then they take you seriously. And you take yourself seriously as well. <laughs> so that's basically what changed. Suddenly, I can prove to myself and to others, but... 
I think especially to myself, that this is a valid profession. This is a valid career path that I now can live from my business and, and I can actually make a really decent amount of money. So this started to validate all my personality traits. You know, I, I suddenly started to think, okay, I've great example. I love, I, sorry, I hate just laying down on the beach. And this is something that people here in Portugal love. Every summer, my family would go to the south of Portugal and spend a few weeks um, just basically doing these beach holidays, which is waking up and going to the beach, laying there, and then repeat that for two weeks. And I would get anxiety. Yes, I would get excited. I always feel like, what am I doing with my life? I should be... And I would always come up with this, a lot of ideas. Okay, then I will read three books and I'll do this, I'll do that. And then eventually I would never do anything and I would just would bring me anxiety. So eventually what I started doing was they would go to the beach and I would stay and code and build products. <laughs> that, that, that's my coping mechanism. And now instead of seeing this, I always felt bad by doing that, by the way. Uh, because I felt that uh, I don't know, I was just not falling in line. Everyone is going to the beach. My family, they're saying like, yeah, I will come along. And I'll say no, because I want to code instead. And I felt I was doing something wrong. But now I don't feel like that. Now I feel, no, that's just the way I made, you know, that, that's my personality. I don't like the beach. Why should I go? You know, like. Uh, I'm not forcing them to stay here and code. Why are they, quote-unquote, forcing me to, to go to the beach? So that, that's a, like an example of things that started to change, right? So I, I started to get more confidence on uh, my way of seeing life. Like just today, and I kid you not, I had four business ideas. They just come to my head. I don't know. I, I see a problem. I want to solve it. I even tweeted about it. It's like I see a problem. I'm a simple man. I see a problem and... I I buy I buy a domain <laughs> and that's basically it. I see a problem. I want to solve it, and I have this na naivete. Nice word, naivete. I I believe that I can do these things. <laughs> People call me crazy, you know. Uh, they also always say that I'm fascinated about things like really you know small things. Uh, I don't know, if I see a really pretty bird or something, every I get super wow excited, and, and people are like just it's just a bird, dude. <laughs> What's up? So now I start to connect this, this personality traits, and I, I start to accept them. Because now I know that I'm not weird. I'm just different. I'm just an entrepreneur. And, and because of that, I don't suppress them as much. You know? If I have an idea for a project, I say it out loud. I try to make it. And, and if people don't like it, fuck it. If people think it's crazy, I don't care. And that's the validation that success the post-quiz success brought to my life. Now, can this be bad? Maybe, right? Because we are uh, society creatures, like we need to, to live in society, and, and that means that we need to basically um, cooperate, which means that I might want to go left and the other person might want to go right, but we eventually uh, meet in the middle and go straight. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is not the best example, but I guess you know what I mean. A lot of times in our life, we just don't do what we want, right? At least not 100%. If you are living with your life partner, um, you need to find a compromise, right? 
Uh, they want to do something. You wanted to do something different, and you find something. You meet in the middle. When when you go to a store, uh, maybe you just want to buy something, and but you need to wait in line, right? So we are always compromising, and that's the way we live, and that's the way people like us as well. So if now I let this success get into my head and think, okay, now everything I do is amazing because, you know, I succeeded and that's just because I'm an entrepreneur, then I'll start to clash with other people and I'll become this annoying person. I'll become Elon Musk. <laughs> Obviously, this is a completely different scale, right? I, uh, now you're thinking, come on, Tiago, you just have 3,000 followers and you're making a little bit, some few bucks for a few months and you think you're Elon Musk. No, not at all. I'm not Elon Musk. I'm just saying that I kind of understand, like, I cannot even comprehend if, if I'm feeling this with this, you know, small success in comparison with these big shots. Like, how must Elon Musk feel? Or, like, these people. That's why you see them, like, I don't know, doing crazy stuff. Because I guess it just gets to your head. You think, like, I'm, I'm the best, you know? So I think it's really important to be humble. It's really important to appreciate and, and to know that these things probably won't last, right? I can just like tomorrow, I don't know, ChatGPT dies or they just whatever ban my app and we are out and we are back to square one. So yeah, I think that's that's it on on what changed and what I'm feeling that is changing with, with the success and definitely not the learnings and definitely not the knowledge. Uh, the knowledge or the rate that I'm learning new stuff is basically the same. Nothing major changed. But uh, yeah, I think I have a little bit more more confidence. Another thing that is uh, happening, and it was took a lot of my time in the past week, was the whole process of building or, or making a company, you know, like officially making a company. And this is so frustrating. I think I think it was Luca recently asked me like, uh, what was, or is it Luca? I don't, I don't remember. Someone asked me what was the biggest difference now, uh, like in now that I'm making money with a, with a project. What is my day to day? Did something change? Uh, what where do I focus on? You no, know, squeeze already somehow a mature pro product. What should we do? And I say that now what I noticed that there's also a lot of like managerial organizational stuff that we need to do that is kind of boring there's a lot of decision making a lot of reading and having meetings uh, with providers and, and tax advisors or whatever to try to make the best decisions so of course that I get annoyed when a lot of people I'm not annoyed but I get frustrated when people tell me that I'm not making good decisions and Recently, that happened with building a company. So it's a remote company. It's a fully remote online company. So it doesn't really matter if the company uh, is uh, registered in Portugal or India or US or Canada, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like for operational reasons, I mean, everything runs in the cloud. But of course, that where I live, where we both live, it matters. That matters a lot. Because normally you have to pay taxes where you live. So I don't want to like boring you with the details, but yeah, there are a lot of taxes to be paid. 
like that's also changing a lot my perspective on how I saw, I saw life because I, I used to believe that and I still kind of do a little bit but maybe less that in Portugal people try or um, uh, business owners try to like screw their employers and, and their employees and, and not to pay uh, pay really low amounts of money and everything. Uh, but now I also realized that actually a lot of this money goes to taxes, right? So when once I realized that I potentially or we, we potentially would pay more than 60% of our profits to the state, to taxes, I started to think, okay, this is not fair. This is just too much, right? Like I worked really hard to follow my passion to become an entrepreneur. I don't want to just give 60%. And don't get me wrong. I I believe in the social state. I believe that we should pay taxes, but it's just too much. So a lot of people, and when I mean like really a lot, from literally everywhere, from Twitter, from my friends, all around the world, they say like, hey, why are you creating a company in Portugal? Just do it anywhere else. You can do it in Estonia, Singapore, uh, Delaware, whatever. There's many other places where you don't even need to go there. You can just do it online. So it sounds very easy, very simple when they say that. But then when I go and really go deep and investigate and try to understand what I need to do, what taxes do I have to pay, it's just a huge mess. It's super, super hard. And in the end, what I, I, my conclusions are always that uh, it's not that cheaper. It's just not that cheaper. And this is an asshole. Like, I don't know. Like, I will start my company in Singapore. And it's a bit weird because you need to have someone from Singapore that is part of your company. So there's there are these services that they will manage all of that for you. And they will attribute someone to have shares or, or be, be part of your company that you never met. And that's, I don't know, that's just very dodgy for me. It seems dodgy. It seems weird that this can happen. What if, I don't know, tomorrow they change the laws and suddenly they can just, whatever, take our company. I don't know. I have no idea. Of course, that I could investigate, but it seems that a lot of these people that were telling us this, they just also they don't, they don't really know. They were just saying what, they were repeating something that they have heard, probably. I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, I still always feel, felt like kind of dumb. I don't know. I, For instance, a great example. I think the best situation for us would be to start a company in the Portuguese island of Madeira. Because there, they, they have really low taxes. You can do it with low taxes. So I, I really tried to investigate. I called three or four different accountants and all of them told me that I would need to live there. What does it mean? And, and then that's the problem, right? Because there's a lot of gray areas. That's crazy. We still live in the world where our taxes, our finances, they are. For, there's a lot of gray areas where it really depends. You know, some people accept that expenses, for instance, some don't. So some people said, oh, it's impossible. You need to move to, to Madeira. You need to live here. Others came up with like plans like, okay, you don't need to live here, but your, your address needs to be registered here and you need to come to the island, I don't know, six times a year right? And I don't know. And when I told my friend, I said, yeah, dude, just do that. Just go there and work for a week. And I'm like, but is that my life? I mean, I'm an indie maker and I want I want to have freedom. And suddenly six times a year, I need to go to Madeira just because I want to save some taxes. It doesn't make sense, right? Anyways, 
um that that's been real like a real pain to like fully understand this and and fully understand the gray areas as well because what the biggest difference right so to be honest the taxes uh on 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 the money that your company does it's more or less the same around actually Madeira was a bit cheaper but like I know Singapore and um Delaware and I don't know Estonia and Portugal they're kind of the same I think uh so it's, it's, you you won't save money but the difference is the expenses that you can deduct in your company, right? So let's say that your company made $100,000 in a year. You would supposedly pay taxes on this $100 minus whatever expenses you you used, right? So you try to reduce the maximum, um, the money that will be basically taxed. So let's say I buy a, a laptop. I can say it was for work. So it's deducted. But then let's say that I did a trip. Okay, that's a bit dodgy already because is this trip for work, right? So if it's a trip where, I don't know, we go to a conference for sure. But what if we are going for holidays? And and that's where everything changes because some countries, they accept that. They say, yeah, it's fine. You can just deduct it. Some other countries say no. It's an online business. If you are traveling to the Bahamas, why did you go there? But then there's also the gray area, which is like, how can they prove? And this is super weird, but it's quite often like people just ask this, okay, you're going to the Bahamas. How can they prove that you're not there for work? You can always come up with some events. You can always come up with, I don't know, just pretend you met someone or you networked, whatever. Like what is work even? So, yeah, then you, you get to this gray area where some people, some auditors will accept that, some won't, some countries will accept that, some won't. Yeah, it's 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 not as simple. That's the only thing I want to say to people. It's just not as simple. Because we have talked, I've talked with some of my friends, they have the companies there. It seems simple, but in the end, if you want to do things properly, it's not as simple. If you want to do things that are scalable, if you want to grow a company, if you want to get employees... I don't know, at least with my knowledge at the moment, it might change in the future, but it doesn't seem as simple as uh, people advertise. So, yeah, our decision is we are making it here. We are making the company in Portugal, which brings also a lot of other frustrations. It brings a lot of frustrations because a lot of things in Portugal, they just they don't work. They don't work. They are terrible. Like I, I, I can give you 100 examples, but I can tell you that just to try to get to register a name for our company... We waited a month, a full month, really, because the first the, we tried and we selected the names, and even though the system said they were fine, we waited 10 days so that they would be approved. And in the 10th day, they say, no, there's already a very similar name, even though that didn't show up in the tool that they provide. So then we waited another 12 days and they finally approved our name. And it takes so long. You know, small things like just building, creating a company it should be something simple. So now I'm like super frustrated as well with all the process. And again, my entrepreneurial spirit thinks maybe I can change things. So I'm like sending them mails and sending them suggestions. And, and I even like use GPT to change their UI and say like this UI would be better because people would better understand it. I just doing this. And Joan was just laughing and saying like, dude, you won't change the country. And I think I can. <laughs> And I, I think I can, again, going back to that success part, because now I trust myself. And I know that 
don't know, even if I'm not able to do anything, even if I'm not able to change what nothing, uh, I'm entitled to try. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I was also, uh, while on this kind of hybrid vacation, I was working on a few things uh, in my own other projects. I was working on Indie Lottery. Uh, now it sends once a day, once a week, sorry, instead of once a day. So if you go to windylottery.com, you'll find a lot of cool indie projects. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted this. It felt that it wasn't finished. I wanted to do it. Now it's already again in um, maintenance mode. The community, I for the first time, I decided to hire a community manager. I was thinking that I love this community, that I, I cannot give the love that I want, and it would be great to have someone that could help. So I just share it on our Slack, share it on Twitter and say like, I'm looking for a community manager and we'll split the, um, the MRR 50-50. It's not a lot to be honest. I think I made 400 bucks this past month, kind of changes. But yeah, whatever, I'm, I'm splitting. I didn't think people would go for it, but I did actually get a few people. And I asked them to send a video, like a short video, introducing themselves and saying why they want to be community managers. And they did send, so I have already three videos and there's two more that I'm waiting and then in the end I will make the decision and we'll have someone to help me manage the community, which is super exciting. And so far, some of the people, they already have some experience and they, I guess they were, a lot of these people are already doing this. They are managing Reddit, subreddits and other communities for free. So they just think, hey, at least now I'm going to get paid, even if it's not a lot. And eventually if the community grows, I'll get you know, more money. So that's cool. That was really fun, and I'll keep you posted uh, with the whole hiring process. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, I just got already three videos. I, I'm also sharing them with some of the members of the community so that they can help me. And yeah, hopefully we'll have a community manager soon, and I'll just keep you posted on what this will bring to the table and to the community in this case. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, Pod squeeze as well, building some cool features. We are going for video now, and that's going to be exciting. But it's a huge project, and I've been spending a lot of time just you know doing the architecture, understanding what is the best way to do it, how is the best way, how can we do it. But yeah, that's basically it. I will finish the episode here. Thank you so much again for listening to the Wanna Be Entrepreneur podcast. Make sure to share it with our indie hacker friends. If you have any questions and uh, if you want me to cover a specific topic in the episodes, just shoot me a message at uh, WBTiago on Twitter. The links will also be in the show notes. And if you want to support this podcast, you can join our community, our Slack community for indie hackers. And it costs $10 per month and you'll meet a lot of great people. You'll feel less lonely and you'll be supporting this podcast. And that's it. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next week. Yesterday, for the first time, we saw a cockroach in our house. It was disgusting.